All right, so we've been talking about with my peers and colleagues and my business, you know, on this broadcast. We've been talking to talking to our people, and we've been we've been we're gonna just go straight to the season four of the actual online broadcasts. I mean, we've been broadcasting since 2016 of June. Dang. But we didn't start broadcasting online until 2019, baby. We did a little bit of segments here and then on Facebook and, you know, other formats. Uh, Dockler, uh, yeah, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. Now we're on Anchor. We're on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, finally. Woohoo. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, a bunch of other mediums. Uh, a lot of our listeners, fifty-five percent, uh, are being. Li- they're li- our fifty-three percent of our listeners. Let me rephrase my commentary. Are um, using unknown uh, broadcasts. Uh, they could be using the radio program on their station in their countries. Uh, uh, some feed on their country. I don't know, but it's cool. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. I'm peace outing my hands like in a peace sign right now. Peace out to all those people that are broadcasting afar. You know, Pluto. Thank you guys out in Pluto, Saturn, Venus, Mars. You know, you guys out there in the planets. I know you guys are listening in, rocking it, listening in and in to all the weird shit that goes on with our segment. Let's do it on. Speaking of segments, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for, you might get it. Yeah, bless. 
guys that's all we have for this uh hour uh tune in for the next hour and uh let's do it brainwash radio hollywood <coughs> turn into the next hour we haven't even begun we're doing 24 hour remember keep it on keep it on we're gonna have giveaways we're going to have prizes. We're going to have all kinds of good stuff in the future. Don't go away, babies. All right, cool, guys. I'm in the I'm in the fucking bus right now. In the bus. You can't hear shit. It's fucking great. Oh, shit. I think my system got fucked. Oh, no way. No way. Just the worst time to be fucking fucking. Seriously, I mean, if some chick had her fucking tits ready to fuck right now, I'd be so pissed. I'd be like, get away, bitch. Go out of my way. Shit. Get out of my way, girl. Get out. But, you know, I didn't invite nobody, so. On purpose. Because I wasn't invited to invite anybody anyway. So here we go. We're going to jab it right here. This is Pfizer Drone with Frankie Butrish. <coughs>
The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has arrived on Disney Plus. The world is upside down. We can't lose this fight, Bucky. If we do this, we're going to do it our own way. Experience the six-episode event. We're partners, co-workers, not necessarily the team. No. We look damn good. Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, now streaming only on Disney Plus. Fix my dick. 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 F
my dick. Fix my dick. Yeah, baby, you on the brain. And I know you be loving that theremin in the background I'm playing with with one of my fingers. I hope you're good because here we go with another jam. I used to fuck with them Ken doll types, nah. them Pim doll types. I had to switch up the hymns I like, get the cap with the brims I like. He got that whip with the rims I like. Get that good right swipe, tight at the glowy and Kim's all like, Kim's all like, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for a gangster who keep a pretty stack. Now he ain't moving, but he packing in the front and back. His name ain't Kenny G, what he blowing like a sack. Take 
study some tracks in the So clear, I could freebase them into milky smoke, but this is dedicated to a black leather jacket held together with spray painted stencils and porcupine spikes. To when a bottle of Elmer's glue molded my hair into a crown that made me feel like the king of a misfit prom. A lopsided mohawk that fanned out like a toilet scrubber. To the brigade of youth sparring with their dance partners in a circle storm of windmills and roundhouse kicks that made this wallflower bloom into an underdog boxer. But this is dedicated to absent friends who didn't fall out to anything as positive as fatherhood or mortgage payments. To Chris Calderon, who bled to death on Christmas Eve, skull split open from a trash can lid. To Jenny Van Houten, who blew her brain out through a hole in her arm. To Johnny Vin serving life without parole for 17 stab wounds to the neck of a Nazi who flicked a lit cigarette into the wrong pair of slanted eyes. To Rob DePella, who had a stroke and fell face 
face down into his bloody marriage. Until the one night that saved my life, when a group of friends with too much time to kill were bored and spun with a ticking gun looking for a way to defuse it. I declined to a drive-by because a blast from a barrel and a ricochet snap is a hollow echo compared to this music. But this is dedicated to the new guard, the awkward flock of acne-covered ants. These kids united who refuse to be the target market for major label radar. Who evade the cancer of commercialization, burn the velvet rope, and still kill rock stars. This is the graduating to veteran status, becoming the old guy when Rad Packs are fresh cuts crowd the clubs loud, proud, and obnoxious. And let's not forget about the revolutionaries who still haven't escaped the, the tyranny, tyranny of mom's, mom's garage. The holier-than-now panhandlers on heroin that called me a sellout. Dedicated to those living and breathing hardcore. For every band who's picky package shanked by an a &R, there's a 15-year-old kid with a lawnmower haircut perfecting three chords on his air guitar. For every jaded scene through crashes and burns into a midlife crisis, a new breed will bruise the beat of the same classic bands. For once in my life, I got something to say, and I'll never shut the fuck up. This music gave a furious you the bombast behind every breath, the courage to scream to the world. We're not the first, we're not the last, but we'll always be a minor threat. Anytime a woman ever asks me, does this make me look fat? My answer is always, honey, absolutely. You look like a hippopotamus in a tubing with a sumo wrestler in a pigsty. Like the notorious B.I.G. got locked overnight in the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. You are a nasty, functified sewer hag. You might as well wear a garbage bag or a burlap sack because you can make mirrors grind themselves back down to sand. Shut the fuck up and stop asking me that. Give me to rip out your own eyes, turn around and show you that you are hot. You are beautiful. You got a mouth that make me get in a car wreck. Lips that can suck an eyeball out of his socket. An ass that hobbits can light their pipe weed off of cause that shit is smoking. When you get naked, angels regular themselves to their own halos as to be the first temptation of Christ. That's why it came 2,000 years before you were born because even God couldn't stand a prayer before you. I could get a hard on watching you clean your ears with a Q-tip. <laughs> Even if you use menstrual blood as lipstick, baby, you are so hot. I'm gonna rip out my teeth with pliers just so I can grin bigger when I see you. You are so beautiful. I shouldn't be left alone with you at your own open casket funeral. <laughs> yeah, look at you. Standing yeah. right here saying, I think I'm getting the gut. What are you, Kate Moss on a co-binge? You should have the guts to have a gut. That's why they call them guts. Shut the fuck up. I will make butt freaky love to you until you're so old and wrinkled that you can fart dust. But hey, what a surprise. Another woman who's unhappy with their bra size. Honey, what if a bunch of men decided that our God-given testicles just weren't big enough? <laughs> And they sag too much, so and I got a ball job so I can rack these boys in a seat cup. I don't need to wear beer goggles, because you are top shelf and you have raised the bar. 
and I will kiss mwah, every zit on your ass to show you. Flesh is an insult to what you are. Your body is the word fire spelled out in braille, and the blind can feel your heat even if it was sent through the mail. And if you're as beautiful as the inside as you are on the out, I bet you have the hottest spleen that no one has ever seen. So spit out that taste of the feet. Shake that, put an ass on two left feet. Come over here and love, man, girl, let's bump. Oh, ladies, even the meat cleaned off your bones. I don't need a microphone to scream that you are hot. You are beautiful, so break your mirror with your fists. Do whatever it takes for you to admit there's no refund on your body, so you just gotta own it. Because the most beautiful people in this life are the ones who never know. Hi, honey. It's me. Calling to tell you it might be raining in San Francisco, I don't know, so please bring your umbrella just in case. I'll see you tonight for Passover dinner. I just called and left the weather forecast for my girlfriend because I wore the wrong pair of shoes today. So she won't have to slosh the work in soggy shoes like I do. And right when I get there, a line of anxious customers are already waiting for me. Frowns and smirks slowly eclipse their faces because they know I am the worst employee this copy store has ever hired. Each one is a job, a project, and I'm too stoned and hungover for this multiple tasking. The pompous French artist wants six of her portfolios spiral bound. Two drunk pimps dressed in gaudy purple suits and fedoras slur our request. Two colored copies of their portraits so their hoes have something to remember them by. Mr. Mock, an old Chinese store owner, wants 16 copies of his citizenship papers. And although I have showed him how to operate this machine every day for three weeks, he insists that I am the genius of Xerox. <laughs> and at the end of the line, a mother and child wait patiently without complaint. Alone at the cash register, and clearly outnumbered, my hands are working faster than I can breathe. The pompous friend of the friend's are raging, look at me, got my hand on portfolio. Oh, it is wrong. You don't know what you're doing. The two drunk pits, best slap the color copier. Oh, 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 look at something pretty. Mr. Mock does a great impersonation of my grandfather. Bert, you come here, you help me. And the mother and child wait patiently without complaint. Incompetence at the workplace is never rewarded with a bonus or a pat on the back. Although I am well trained, I'm an Aries, an Agri, accident prone klutz who always fuck shit up every time I'm trying to do good. So even though today my eyes are more Chinese than they already are, my breath sticking like the steel reserve I stuck into the bar, I have read in the books in English to know you must find them from the left side. Oh. I'm sorry. Can you please bind all of them for me again? Sure. Here, I give you some soy sauce to put on your Chinese food. Thanks. I'll put it in the glove compartment of my rickshaw. And gentlemen, if you want your hoes to look at something pretty, don't treat the copy like you treat your kids. Hitting it won't make it do what you want it to do. Here, let me push the start button for you. Mr. Mock, 
reminds me too much of my grandfather, so I help him without any sarcastic remarks. At least one person, I'll always be employee of the month. Miss my shift, swings to a close. A little girl with a proud high-bridged nose and diamond-cut eyes hands me her Passover lessons as her mother says, You're doing a good job. But, but how'd you know I speak? I heard you cursing at the gala while everyone was here. <laughs> that, my husband, her father is Filipino. Look at this little girl. I hope my future child will be one day just as beautiful. Maraming salamat. Shalom. Thank you for making my day. Five twenty-four Georgia Street, Vallejo, California, nine four five nine zero. Seven three five Foxworthy Avenue, San Jose, California, nine five one two five. City of crack fiends and gangster rap dreams. Of dot coms and pipe bombs. I was twenty-one and about to be a father with an alcoholic who used motherhood to detox. I was eighteen and in love with a girl, girl so, so gothic she shit bats. The first month I lived there, the new neighbors looked at me like I was standing on a block of ice with piano wire noosed around my neck. The day I moved in with Pam, we smoked a carton of Newports to cover the the smell of the still burning meth lab next door. Did you know when you're decapitated you have enough oxygen in your head to keep you alive for three minutes? Our whole relationship was kind of like that. A slow death. Nobody got me a gift basket, but the guy who lived next door said anytime I needed a drug, why does my cracker ask to ask him first? It took a while before I realized exactly what Pam meant when she said that she was as serious about finding a job as she was about staying sober. Teresa was nine months pregnant like a blister ready to burst and this was our new love nest a studio apartment with a window that opened onto a brick wall maggots were so embedded in the carpet they gave off a constant cyclone of flies but just like an optimistic romantic told that he's gotten curable genital warts i, I thought, thought that love would just work it all out somehow every night at 3 a.m crackheads would wrap their bony fingers against the glass and i'd scream at him hey mcjunkie i know the fucking door right why don't you take up weed because crack doesn't seem to grow anywhere. I duct tape my windows an hour after somebody shot through them. The malice is easier to live with when it's not aimed directly at you. When you spend all day dodging strays, you're more than happy if you catch a little shrapnel. The first month I lived there, the neighbors above me stabbed each other. I kept screaming at them, turn it down! One day waiting for the bus, I watched two men in expensive suits chain whip the shit out of a black and blue heap that screamed and cried that he had kids to feed. Every night my baby mama would smoke a cigarette and then a porch in her pajamas. Sweaty white men in their SUVs going to the porn store next door would ask her how much for a blowjob. She'd always tell him her mouth was too expensive, but castration was free. My landlord had been in the complex for so long, the liver spots on his hands matched the constellation of mold in my shower. Until him, I had never met anyone who could suck their dentures clean and spit tobacco at the same time. My landlord was a 75-year-old karate instructor, so withered and crotchety, he couldn't even catch the kids who'd hit him in the shins with a bat when he evicted their parents. The day after the abortion, the power got shut off. We cried together by candlelight. I thought more about her ex-boyfriend than he, he will, will ever think about me. It felt like I was a cut on the inside of her mouth. And she was a blister on the inside of my lid. And we both feel better if we could just make believe the other one wasn't there. But the sledgehammer that broke the camel's back was when Pam picked the perfect day for us to have our last argument. The one thing that no one wants to hear if they've been kicked to the ground and spit on by, by Crips is that they aren't sensitive enough to their partner's needs. The night I kissed another woman on the front porch, she held my daughter in her left arm 
arm and threw uppercuts with her right. I locked the bathroom door and slashed my left wrist under the hot water as an apology no one could accept. When I woke up in the mental hospital in Fairfield, California, I asked the orderly if suicide is still illegal if it's in slow motion. There are three ways to tell your relationship has been going on six months too long. Number one, you start compiling a list of every CD and book you've ever let that bitch borrow. Yo, baby, where's my sickly business CD at? Number two, you wish you had fucked everybody that ever accused you so of. So we just broke up and I'm really sad. Number three, you realize the only reason you're with them is, is because, because their damage eclipses yours. Who in here can do impression of their ex in a drunken, belligerent, screaming fit? Ooh, ooh, I can't fuck you. You gonna write another poem or I'm an alcoholic fucking bitch? As a matter of fact, yes I am. Raise your hand if you have good credit and I'll shoot you in the face. Some say you alone determine your happiness. But you gotta make the best of your surroundings. Well, fuck you. You never come home to a used condom hanging off your doorknob. Never had to hide your bus fare in your shoes. When my toilet broke, I had to take a shit in paper bags for a week. Now, I'm grown. You're goddamn right I live alone. I still shoplift my groceries, but, but it's, it's been, been six years since, since they shut off my phone. And this poem is dedicated to anybody who's ever had to steal diapers. Anybody who's ever had to sleep uneasy to sirens. To everybody who goes home to a vampire at the, the end, end of the day. day. And I blow a kiss to every roach and, and raise a toast to, to Terror Street and Agony Way. I have a choice for you. You want to hear a, a, a kind of warm, fuzzy, sweet, lovey, cute love poem? Or, or you want to hear an extra greasy, nasty, funny poem about the acne I had in high school? Yeah! Well then. <laughs> All right. So sometimes it gets just a little too quiet. In front of the bathroom mirror, I can't tell if it's the fluorescent lights or the silence that's making my ears ring. I got my jaw covered with foam and the razor's just tick, tick, scolding hot. The first strokes down my cheeks just make the hairs pop off into the blade. I got my eyes locked on my pores like a shootout of a spaghetti western and that internal monologue's all... And as the clean air hits the clean skin, the 13-year-old face hits my eyes, and I remember it all. I remember erythromycin. I remember retin-A topical solution. I remember tetracycline and the allergic reaction it caused with red hives over every part of my body that didn't already have them. I remember squeezing vitamin gel caps on my chin, learning how to fall asleep on my back so I didn't ruin pillowcases. Mountains of oxy-cleaning pads and deep rinses. The alcohol smell burning my eyes. Soaps that felt like they were mixed with sand and gravel. The rainbow colors of a safety pin that sterilized with a match. The way that six sulfur smell just hangs in the room for hours. The sound that you get one of them to pop. It's like swell tires, even a switchblade or a screwdriver, just too much pressure coming out of one little hole, and the pain sends an electric shock straight to your skull. I remember blood and pus falling out like ketchup and mayo in an oversauced burger. This massive crimson mountain range with five snow caps apiece, I pulled putrescent scabs out of my razors then. The blood and the shaving cream would mix to give the sink a permanent pink glow. But you know, I never got called the names. I never got pizza or crater face. I didn't go to school in sitcoms. Where I went, when you looked like I did, you weren't spoken to at all. You walked alone and, and talked alone and, and hid and hid from every mirror and reflection there was, except for the one in your bathroom. 
For that one you pushed and poked and prodded and squeezed and prayed. Prayed to have this mask taken off. I wanted this carbuncle shell, this cake of cake and rancid rock copied off. I even asked God a few times, but it never went away. Until Accutane. Until six months of skin so dry it cracked down to the fatty tissue until permanent liver damage. Until pills so strong, law requires women on them take birth control as well so their babies don't come out like gelatinous mutants. Until my upper lip peeled onto itself so at 15 I had a bleach blonde mustache and dead skin, which you know it was gone. It was so far gone, people don't believe me when I tell them about it. It was so far gone that I've actually caught myself saying it doesn't matter what you look like. That is until I'm in front of the mirror and I remember it all. Cross hatch. Cross hair. Stare back. Out of lack. Of focus. The way sights can sometimes, sometimes overlap. To be moved like wax ejaculate through chambers. To be stuck in cylinders six feet as deep. To creep forward in a double action like the satisfying crack of a split back. To see your breath shatter with the wheeze and ease of a crap baby's rattle. To feel your slick skin heated hot enough to brand cattle. To discover that death's fingers are a lot rounder than you'd expect. To expect regret as it creeps slow as smoke. To know God's pit, prick, point, poke, and an inappropriate and explosive pattern. Packages now. Have you ever thought about guns? Not the way most people do. Not just metal, not just wood, not just the sum of some die-cast parts to hold so much life in perpetually revolving cylinders or ruler-straight magazines. Have you ever thought about guns? With one as close to your mouth as this mic is to mine now. Have you ever thought that they're just the perfect American icon? It's like a remote control for the real world. You just point, click, and turn off the noise. How unbearable lives bludgeon you to bow out from bullets and pistols where quarrels are settled by a phone call to arms. A hero's fall to harm when kids carry calibers and colors to classrooms. How the smell of burnt powder is to metal, but the smell of burnt almonds is to flesh. And if God made all men and Sam Colt made them equal, then who should I have to answer to? And have you ever thought about a kid learning new lessons because the old ones don't apply? Grateful for mere physical confrontation because at least it'll leave him alive. He wants to graduate before he dies. So, so have you, you ever thought about, about what's it like only to get touched when you're dry fired or used to make someone else's life miserable? What it's like to fulfill a favor where danger feels like a house call from your priest when you didn't ask for one. How my friend has a son, but he's still deep in the game asking me to retaliate in his name and attack the corners our enemies claim. And how do you say you're sorry when your only language is BANG! And it's my palms. Sweat prayers for sins, six blocks away from being committed. I think about a child. I wonder if he thinks about his. It's all hell broken loose. Will this crime be acquitted? So have you ever thought about if one is used in a robbery and one is used to kill said robber and the two were cut from the same steel, does that make them related? If one was used to save a friend, how it looked on the other end when it killed another's. How we'll hunt in packs as weaker species run for cover. How much bigger the world looks from behind that trigger when you're scared, outnumbered, back to the wall, and destined to die young. Have you ever thought about guns? And do you ever dream of being a piano? Do you ever wish your handle was hollow? That your barrel could be twisted into a perfect chord? Kind of like the way swords wish they were pens. Not to be more mighty, but, but just, just to be. be. Not to be more mighty. Not for the steel that measures respect, but for the fear that begets. The instinct to protect. Because the question is not whether or not you've ever thought about guns. The question is do you think about them when it's too late?
There's 26 women in this room who will have sex with me tonight. And the funny thing is, we haven't met yet. But this poet about to get all y'all ladies wet. Girls, I want you to form a single servant line for pleasure because I am the worst fuck ever. And I know what you're thinking, that I'm out your league, but girl, tonight, tonight, you got lucky. Cause I've been drinking heavily and you look like a model through the bottom of the bottom. My angel, soulmate, love bunny, bed bunny, and I'm gonna get you so wet that your ovaries are gonna sweat. You're gonna spread paint like open heart surgery, deep throat me like a tracheotomy, and after all this sexy ass medical terminology, your clit is gonna be doing flips. So this whole room starts smelling like fish and chips. <laughs> Yo, enough about you, let's talk about that chump you came with. You best ditch that hero and get with this here zero point zero. Cause he may be hung like a baby's arm, but when it comes down to the bottom rung, I got a stub like an infant's thumb. And if it's the motion of the ocean, consider me a salted sea slug. Cause when I go low, I'll eat you out like a sloppy joe. Lie still like I got a tag on my toe. Cause sex with me will be the best of the worst. I am negative sex and I'm already so cold to the touch that girls, you want to be cautious. Cause girl, no one in this world could ever make you feel this nauseous. And we could, uh, we could date first if you want to test your patience. We'll go play Naked Twister with Burn Ward Mental Patients. You say you want to go somewhere private? Uh, let's go to my grandma's house. But, uh, I, I got this little bedwetting problem, so we're going to have to do it on the couch. Now go ahead and ask me if I've ever been tested. I'll say, baby. I got a 69 on my SAT, but with HIV, that should never come between you and me. STDs ain't nothing but a conspiracy made up by condom companies, and if you're gonna freak out just cause I got some blisters and scabies and cauliflower like growth, I want you to remember that I'm the only man that'll ever make you feel like you're taking a shower in prison and you just dropped the soap. <laughs> So why don't you uh, roll up that banner joint with the seeds and take a toke. Snort some riddling and get relaxed. Cause if time is money, this is the only time you ain't getting taxed. And why don't you watch that flavor flake clock tick? Cause I'll bet you a bus transfer, you ain't ever seen a man who can come this quick. And my idea of foreplay is a handful of spit and a battle cry, let's rip. And girl, I'm a spoken word artist, so you know when I'm up inside ya, I'll be whispering in your ear, girl, choo choo, here comes a gravy train of love, pumping your vagina, I will make you moan like you passing a kidney stone, so girls don't fight, you can all take me home tonight, because I am the antithesis of pleasure, and I am the worst fuck ever!
jean shorts and a Hawaiian shirt, he cannot for the life of him fucking button straight. He has multiple decks of Magic the Gathering collectible trading cards and a hair to gel ratio that is still in its experimental phase. The rest of the class is made up of celebrity impersonators in seventh grade. Perfect examples to the power of product placement, decked out in these rhinestone jeans and velour sweatsuits that cost more than I have paid to teach their poetry workshop. Jason is easily the most interesting one out of 40, and if I could, I would keep the rest of them out to go watch a lemonade in the library. <laughs> no one likes to admit it, but white trash does not grow on trees. You can look at a 12-year-old and sometimes see the obnoxious idiot they could one day become. They aren't bad at that grow up and sell crack to preschoolers kind of way. More of the type that'll drive a Hummer with a Save the Planet bumper sticker. I don't blame them completely! A friend of mine says some people are doomed because their parents had boring sex, but Jason is different. A ball of nervous ticks and endless Monty Python quotes that tell me, Mom and Dad, freaky. <laughs> he knows more about They Might Be Giants than any human needs to. He's read Lord of the Rings so many times that he speaks elvish, but not one of the assignments he's turned in has anything to do with who Joe who's got beef with or who Brittany fucking married this week. So he's standing in front of the class about to read his poem, clutching his hands like it's God's autograph. He says, just second banana to fuck. It's its own atomic bomb of profanity that sends electromagnetic spasms of laughter rippling through the room. The 12-year-old J-Lo in the front row laughs so hard she snorts. <laughs> like a mouse stuck in a vacuum. Every day I watch him stare at her with the unrequited longing you only have when you're still a virgin. He continues. I was born in a factory and raised in a plastic bag. Now I hang next to the magazines and punch her in the constant fear of ass! In the back, Eminem's biggest fan flaps his arm like a palm leaf welcoming home common Jesus. Last week, he spent the whole period flicking bits at eraser and calling Jason a homo until he was about to cry. Now, Jason is smiling so wide he can barely finish the poem. But today, he says, I am relieved! Because I can smell the three-bean chili the family I live with is cooking, and I know the end is near. He sits down to a standing ovation. I shake my head and an awe shuts pendulum. Later he asked me if I was pissed. I said, Jason, don't ever let anybody tell you any different. Poetry exists to give the socially awkward a way to be finally applauded by their peers. You. I stick 20 cigarettes in my mouth every day. You'd call me unhealthy. But if I go sticking one in my arm, I guess I must be crazy. crazy. And if I told you I view the whole world as my canvas, well, you call me an artist. But if I told you I paint abstract expressionists in the back of these forms of risk with razor blades and broken beer bottles and meat cleavers that fuck poetry, that history of my life has already been written. And so slashing inscriptions on my flesh, cocktease and death, well, I guess you call me a kamikaze. And if I told you these scars on my knuckles came from street fights, well, I, I guess, guess I must be tough, but if I told you they came